0: I think that's one of the things that we really need to remember is that God wants this stuff and God's done the work to give this stuff. So if I'm not living it, experiencing it or walking in it, then there's something awry or off alignment with my capacity to receive it. And what I would say mostly is we get stuck in these these emotional whirlwinds and traps and all these types of things. That's That's why Satan puts all of his energy and effort on our capacity to receive what God and Christ has already done. And so that's why I think that Jesus has saved us for this abundant life and we can't live in it until he heals us emotionally.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Salty Pastor podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you learn and grow in your faith. It is a journey that you must do. It is not something you can order out for, have delivered or trained up for you, but instead it is something you have to put the hard work in to understand what you believe and why you believe it. But we can come alongside you, um, to help encourage you, to challenge you and to help you learn critical thinking skills to help you deepen your faith. My name is Jesse Mayer. I'll be your host and we cannot do the Salty Pastor Podcast without the Salty Pastor himself, Dr. Douglas Beek.
0: <laughs> you know, this weekend, uh, I got a phone call, automated phone call from the pharmacy that said you had a refill coming up, do you want it to be refilled? I said, you know, hit one to say yes. So I say yes. Then they call me the next day and say, Hey, you're going to you need to come pick it up. And then I forgot. So the next day they sent me a text saying we're open from these hours and blah, 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 blah. And I thought, man, I need to get on the Salty Pastor Pod track for my uh prescriptions because I'm I'm not doing it myself. You're not doing it yourself.
1: <laughs> the automated machinery is doing it all for it's you. Like the AI is doing it. For, that's right.
0: That's a problem, man. When it comes to your faith, AI can't do it for no, you. No, it can't. It can do a lot of things these days, but that's not one of them. I am I looking. That... I am looking to see the first AI-driven
1: religion, though. That that seems like it yeah. could get pretty rad. <laughs> it'll get
0: pretty crazy pretty fast.
1: Yep. So we are in uh, our brand new series, Higher Value, and mm-hmm. we're kind of studying emotional healing is kind of my understanding yeah. of where we're headed with this series. And yes, our sense of value really drives our lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The higher our sense of value, the better our lives become. Yep. And in many ways, many of the problems we face each day simply go away when our sense of value is accurate and True. Last week, we studied how Satan puts all his effort into leading us away from developing this deep foundation of value at the spiritual level in our souls. Mm -hmm. He does this through emotional dysfunction. And in order for me to experience my true value, I must be healed emotionally.
0: Yeah, that's what. That's really Jesus came not just to save us from things, but to save us for something. And so there's a process of healing and there's a process of, uh, growth and restoration and and maturation. This is one of the things that he saved us for is this sense of higher value. Mm -hmm. And the reason we called it that is because the sense of value is that foundation on which all of the really great things in Christianity start to happen to you. We took this quote from G.K. Chesterton out of his book, Orthodoxy, where he says, there's certain order and rule to Christianity that has the chief aim to let loose uh, or run wild all the good things. You know, so it's it becomes uh, like Paul said uh, in Ephesians, he says, God will do exceedingly and abundantly more than you could ever imagine. Mm. So it's abundant. It's exceeding my my own expectations. Uh, so it's really f- f- where all the good stuff happens in your life. So this is definitely an upstream concept. And that is if I get my sense of value correct, if it's accurate, and it's not something I'm trying to manufacture on my own, then I'm going to be able to receive experience and live in all the blessings that God has bestowed upon me in Jesus Christ. As Paul said to the Ephesians, he says that we have every spiritual blessing in heaven. So... I think that's one of the things that we really need to remember is that God wants this stuff, and God's done the work to give this stuff. So if I'm not living it, experiencing it, or walking in it, then there's something awry or off alignment with my capacity to receive it. And what I would say mostly is we get stuck in these, these emotional whirlwinds and traps and all these types of things. That's why, that's why Satan puts all of his energy and effort on our capacity to receive what God and Christ has already done. And so that's why I think that Jesus has saved us for this abundant life and we can't live in it until he heals us emotionally Mm. and he heals us emotionally by hitting us with the upstream concept of value. You really need to think and develop and understand your value in me.
1: So I really enjoyed. Last week, where we talked about the difference between self-esteem and self-worth, because mm. I mean, I ultimately think that those two terms are just used interchangeably for the most part, especially in a lot of generic talk yeah. Yeah. about how you're feeling and where you're at. And so I think that conversation was really unique in that we really defined terms.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. And we really uh, kind of drove home the point that self-worth is different from self-esteem in that self-esteem is something that originates within you. Right? So self-worth though, is a value proposition about who you are. It's, it's something that assesses your value from outside of you. And what I think is really fascinating is that this is, this is where one of the emotional traps occurs is that everybody has a need. Feel valued, right? We all have to have a sense of value. But um, what happens is the performance trap, the approval trap originate in our need for value. But what happens is we try to uh, take our value into our own hands and make it happen ourselves. So Mm. it's a, it's a self-esteem approach instead of a self worth approach in, in these uh, traps that we can fall into. I'm, I'm kind of using the categories that McGee came up with in his book, Search for Significance. They're really, really good. It's a great book to read. It's a supplementary material. So this is, I think is a perfect example of how Satan works. What he does is he can't create things. And so he can't create things in your life. But what he does is he takes all that has been created and he can corrupt it. Okay. So that's, what's really important to understand. And so what he does is he takes your natural emotional drive, a need in your soul for self worth, and then he twists it by saying, oh, it's up to you now. In order to fulfill this emotional need. And you remember when we studied last week about the Garden of Eden and Satan was, hey, you can't trust what God says. And did he actually say that, is that what he meant? And that's how he deceived Eve. And in the same way he's doing the thing is that, well, you can't trust God to meet this deep seated, emotional need for value and significance in your own life. So you better take it into your own hands. So instead of seeking the the fulfillment of this from Christ, we seek it in our own performance. Or we look to the opinions of others to validate ourselves, raise our value. The performance trap is all about success and failure. And when self-worth is based on your external factor of success or failure, the fear of failure becomes rooted in your subconscious and drives our decisions. See, this is really important. See, is that, okay, I know I can't self-esteem is just how I feel about myself, but self-worth is, do I believe, right? what this external thing says about me. Okay. So Satan uses that as a trick. So instead of trusting God to be the one who determines my value, I look to my external performance, Mm. you see, and by that slight shift, it creates all this emotional. Trauma in your own life. Same thing with the approval addiction. Approval is about acceptance versus rejection. You know, nobody likes rejection. But if our self-worth is based on the opinion of others as opposed which is external, as opposed to God's opinion, which is external, then what happens is our self worth now is what? Askewed. So our value goes down. And it, the, the, when we do this, it produces all kinds of traps. And these traps have all kinds of impact
1: emotionally in our lives. So I think this is where things get really interesting. The world as a whole kind of boxes, everything, your emotional struggles and actual physical mental health things, all as this generic term of mental health issues, right? So there's people that struggle with actual hormonal imbalances that cause things in their brain yes. that are actual mental health issues. Mm-hmm. But then we kind of do the same thing with the self-esteem, self-worth. People just start interchanging these things and they start saying, well, these emotions, they're also mental health. And, mm-hmm. and while they, they may do that because emotions exist in our brains, And so they're like, well, that's technically mental health because that's where they come from and they don't exist outside of our bodies. They're not like something physically that we wear on our sleeves, even though Mm -hmm. there's that phrase. Yeah, I think what is interesting is the point you seem to be bringing up is these emotional issues, not actual biological mental health issues, but these emotional Mm -hmm. issues we deal with are really based on these truth statements that we tell ourselves that impact our response to Mm -hmm. situations we talked about viewing things through a lens right yes and that lens of who we believe we are and what our value is affects how our emotions then play out Mm -hmm. from there so Mm -hmm. my question is this if we have inaccurate uh, perceptions of our value and it causes us to fall into these traps that you just listed out the approval addiction, the performance trap, yeah. things mm-hmm. of that nature. Mm-hmm. What is the result emotionally from those traps?
0: Well, there's there's a lot that are listed out. One is uh, pride. When our self-worth is based on performance and we perform well, it gives us an inflated view of ourselves, mm. right? We can get pretty inflated pretty quick, you know? Um, uh, but the, the other thing it can produce in us is depression. Okay. Uh, constant failure creates disappointment. You know, uh, you get disappointed in yourself. What you do is like, well, if I'm, in other words, if my value is based on my performance and my performance is poor, you, you like, I'm not even going to show up for the kickball game on the playground. Cause no one will pick me to play. Mm. So, uh, it creates, it can create chemical dependency. Major factor in the use of drugs and alcohol is to ease the pain Uh, in, in the numb, the fear of not just failure, but rejection as well. Uh, On the other hand, it can produce workaholism and addiction to success. It's like, I'm only as valuable as my next deal or my next promotion, you know, kind of a thing. Uh, one of the biggest things that it does. And I see this particularly, I think among young men is sexual dysfunction Mm. and uh, in his book, uh, search for significance, McGee writes the following the emotional trauma caused by failure can cause disturbances in sexual activity. Then rather than experiencing the pain of failing sexual uh, sexually, many tend to avoid sex altogether. And this is why I think that pornography has become so prevalent in our society is because it, it is, it removes any potential for rejection, right. you see. In that event, there's a lot of other reasons why, but that's one of the reasons why, uh, these emotional traps, performance, the performance trap, the approval trap, uh, produces hopelessness in a person's life. Uh, It gives you a lack of motivation. You know, uh, sometimes it's laziness. Uh, all of this comes out of a lack of hopelessness. Why try when you know you're going to fail, you know? And this is one of the side notes that I have is that, you know, telling people that our society is stacked against you. Uh, whether you're, uh, um, a male or a female, whether you're white or you're black or you're Asian or you're Hispanic, it, it doesn't matter. Anytime you do that, what you're doing is you're saying to that person, no matter how hard you try, you're going to fail. And so no wonder the millennials and no wonder so many of the Gen Z are growing up without any motivation or ambition because they've been trained from day one to believe that no matter how hard you try, you're going to fail. There's always a secret, you know, ghost out there that's stopping you from succeeding. So, you know, they, instead of turning them into activists, which is the Marxist ideology in our public education system, these kids are just saying, okay, then I quit, Mm. they just give up. So all of this then, in my opinion, culminates in the ultimate problem that these emotional traps cause. And that is you get angry, frustrated with Jesus. Uh, you get distant from God. You, you don't want God, you reject God because of all this trauma in your life. And I think it's really important to understand is that, you know, the medications that you're on impact your emotional responses. And our position has always been. Is that, uh, medicine, particularly medicine today started out of the church and its advancements are a gift from God and they should be employed Mm -hmm. even in the areas of mental health, you know, people go on medications and things like that. It's a wonderful thing, but the medication isn't going to solve the root problem. If you have a, if you've, you know, deep down, you've convinced yourself that your value is based on your performance or right. the approval of others. They, they could put you on an antidepressant that will level you out, but that won't cause or heal the, the, the core issue that resulted in that. And so Jesus wants to come in and he wants to heal you of the core issue. If that then heals you to the point and you can get off the medication, that's awesome. Some people though, um, are unable to do that. I, I think that that's an irrelevancy with God wanting to heal you.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He wants to heal you. There's separate things is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, like, there's separate things. There's people that have physical mental health issues that yeah. they can't, they'll, they'll need to be on medication for the rest of life. Yes. And that's fine. It's but like, you're talking about the emotional core of people that don't have that physical ailment. Mm-hmm. that he's or even if they it, do there's even still if they a do emotional portion that yeah they they, can, they, can they
0: heal and, and it doesn't matter i mean you can follow Jesus We're all broken yeah <laughs> we're all broken we all can grow i mean it's exactly like this and that is is that i uh i had a heart attack a real mild heart attack probably 10 12 years ago and i go in and i see the doctor and they come back and he goes okay you have high he goes you don't have high cholesterol you just have all bad cholesterol Okay. He goes, you don't have a single good cholesterol thing in your body and this is bad. And, it's, and so they diagnosed me with ar- arteriosclerosis, which is a hardening of the arteries. And so this is going to kill you one day. And so by putting you on a statin or, you know, by getting your cholesterol balanced out is what he said, we can put you on a statin. We're going to fix that. And I said, okay. So I went on this crazy tear. My wife will just tell you about it. I mean, I, I took this stuff to change your cholesterol, to get the good stuff, lower your cholesterol, lower your blood pressure. And I, I mean, I was making my own granola. I bought a juicer, wow, a you know? Kick, huh? Oh, yeah. I had this juicer that I was juicing every day. I made my own granola. I made, I was eating blueberries and all these antioxidants and stuff like that. And smoothies and stuff. I was doing all kinds of stuff. And I did it for like nine. Months and I went to the doctor and I was so proud of myself. I walked in there and he he, he pulled up my blood tests and everything, and he says, "How'd it go?" I go, "Man, Doc, I've you know I've lost so much weight and I've got all this stuff, done all this stuff. I'm so proud of myself." He goes, "Yeah, it didn't make a hill of bean difference." Mm. He says, "It didn't, it didn't move He goes, and I go, "That's impossible." Cause I read all this stuff on the internet that said, if I did this, my cholesterol would change. He goes, look, some people are just genetically that way. And you can change your diet all day long and, and it's not going to change it. So he had to put me on a statin, right? Okay. That doesn't mean I'm lesser of a Christian. Cause I'm on a statin. Doesn't mean that, you know, cause I take high blood pressure meds that I can't follow Jesus. Right. It's, and it's the same way. I mean, if, it's, if you're an emotional thing and they're treating you for that medically, that, that has nothing to do with the depth and the richness of your relationship with God. But there's a caveat there. Don't forget that that doesn't absolve you from having to grow and mature in your faith, mm-hmm. even though that is going on and let God heal all the things he's healing. Because I also believe the other side of that is true. And that is. Some people say, well, I'm not, I'm not, uh, since I'm on a statin, you know, for high cholesterol, it fixes that. So I'm not responsible for anything I eat. Mm. Well, no, that's not true either. You know, I'm on high blood pressure medicine. I'm not responsible for managing my stress level and my anxiety. No, you're still, it doesn't work that way. And it's exactly the same thing just because you're being treated for depression or anxiety or these all kinds of things, uh, that doesn't mean you can't serve the Lord. And it certainly doesn't mean that you should lower your value in the eyes of God, because if you do that, that's called self recrimination. We'll talk about that in just a second. But the real issue has to do with the fact that it doesn't absolve me either from having to heal emotionally. So I'm glad you asked that and we could clarify that. Yeah,
1: I think it's just good clarity because I think, you know, like you told your story on Sunday, there's people that could hear you say something yes, and then take it way out of context or take it way further off the line than you had anticipated. So I think just... Having that clarity is so important yes, because it is. I think yep. it, it can solve a lot of issues before they flare up for you. Even though you are the salty pastor, so you are used to <laughs> issues. But I uh, we don't have. Uh, I got us way off track. No, so that's fine. We are on. Uh, it is a Tuesday, so we want to do some biblical study. So yes. my question is: What is our biblical answer to all of these things you've brought up? These traps that we fall into. These emotional healings that we need to have. What is our biblical answer?
0: Well, uh, I think the. Anytime that we fall into a trap, there's a biblical answer. And the answer here is reconciliation. You know, last week I talked about how we're justified, right? This is reconciliation in second Corinthians chapter five, Paul writes to the Corinthians. He says, since then we know what it is to fear the Lord. And this is not how, you know, this word sometimes is misunderstood. It's not, you know, oh, I'm shaking in my shoes, you know, because, uh, God is coming after me. It's not a, a horror flick type fear. Right. What it is, is it means, uh, like I have a, I, I'm a pilot. I have a healthy fear of gravity. I, I also have a healthy <laughs> fear of, I
1: have a healthy fear of heights. Yes. I'm, I am very respect or what it is. No, I, I say I'm very respectful of heights.
0: Yes. <laughs> and that's what that word here means. It's I'm very respectful of God. So we try to persuade others. He says, what? we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to you for your conscience. We're not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but we are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. So someone in Corinth was arguing against Paul and instead of engaging with the argument about Jesus, they were attacking Paul's character. They were saying, well, he doesn't have the pedigree. So they were focusing on what is seen. They were in the performance garments, mm, Okay, And then verse 13, and they even said, look, Paul's, these people c- accused him of being out of his mind or crazy. What he's, what he's suggesting is crazy talk. And so this is what his response is in verse 13. If we are out of our mind, so he Air puts quotes. that quote. Yeah. He says, as some say, it's for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us Because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died, and he died for all, that those who should live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So, this is what he's saying. He's saying the point of the argument is. They were saying, Jesus is not enough. You have to still perform external things. And he's saying, no, Jesus died for all once for all for everything. So the emphasis now is they were trying to switch it from the sufficiency of Jesus and Paul is bringing it back to the sufficiency of Jesus. So your pedigree is irrelevant. He goes on verse 16. So now. From this point forward, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. This is why there's no favoritism in the kingdom of God, your, mm-hmm. your pedigree your performance, your achievements here on earth are not as big a deal. He says, though we once regarded Christ this way, we do so no longer. So what is he saying? He's saying, look, when we saw Jesus, we looked to his pedigree. Was he a Jew? Was he a rabbi? Was he this? Did he? Did he check the, the boxes? Yeah. Did he check the boxes? Then it turns around. We, we judged him on the basis of his miracles. Oh, you're from God. Cause you can perform miracles. Mm. And then what we've learned is we don't do that anymore because that wasn't the point. The point was his crucifixion and resurrection from the dead. Verse 17, therefore. If you are in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. You're a brand new creation in Jesus. Verse 18 says, all this is from God. And here's the key answer to the performance trap. Who reconciled us to himself through Jesus and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. God was reconciling the world to himself in Jesus, not counting their sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on his behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him, meaning Jesus who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. So Paul lays out the entire premise for following Jesus, the sacrifice of Christ justifies us and reconciles us to God. And that's the answer to the performance
1: trap. So in this passage, we're really seeing the essence of ministry in a Christian's life. Yes. I'm reconciled to God and I am asking others to be reconciled to God as well. Yeah.
0: And it's not an easy thing to do. This is why we must be healed emotionally. Listen to Paul's words of the Colossians in chapter one, verse 21. And although you were previously alienated and hostile in attitude, engaged in evil deeds, Yet he has now reconciled you in his body of flesh through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. If indeed you continue in the faith firmly established and steadfast and not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven and of which I, Paul was made a minister. So the first thing he says in my old life, I had a hostile attitude towards God and like many others. There was an anger, a frustration, maybe even a deep disappointment Mm. towards God. Second of all, it took his death on the cross in order to reconcile me to him. Reconciliation is about right standing. When I am justified, I am reconciled. I'm a new creation. This means I am presented holy and blameless beyond reproach. This is hard to believe when I fall short. I mean, each and every day I fall short. Right. And Mm -hmm. so it's hard for me to believe that I am right now standing holy and blameless without reproach with the righteousness of Jesus Christ bestowed upon me. Sometimes it's hard to believe that. But finally, he states this. He goes, look, it's not my performance after my reconciliation that keeps me holy and beyond reproach. Notice how he says, if you continue in the faith firmly established and steadfast, do not shift away from the hope of the gospel. Well, what is the hope of the gospel? The hope of the gospel simply means that Jesus is who reconciles me. I'm not I didn't get saved and now i'm a moralist and it's my behavior i'm a really good christian and that's why god likes me mm. no <laughs> You're it that's performance trap. You are, you must stay focused on the fact that you're reconciled by Jesus Christ. This is why so many Christians get sidetracked in their faith. They come to Jesus in faith. They're reconciled to God. Then they turn into legalists. They think it's their moral purity. That is what keeps them growing in faith. When they pray to God and God doesn't answer their prayer, you know, what they think is, what did I do wrong? Mm. What did I, what's wrong? Why is God upset with me? Right. See, this means. Your, your value, you need to go back and work on your value because Mm -hmm. when you ask those questions, you don't understand your value. And that's how we get caught up in this performance trap.
1: So the way to grow strong and mature in faith is to avoid these emotional traps that we can easily fall into. Yes. Um, Why do you think it's so easy (laughs) to fall into them?
0: Well, I think it's because we live in a cause and effect world. I mean, this is our reality. You reap what you sow. Choices have outcomes. Good choices have good outcomes and bad choices have bad outcomes. This is the point of parenting. You teach your children what? You teach them that they live in a cause and effect relationship. So we're hardwired to think that performance is the basis of our value because we live in a cause and effect reality. And on one level, this reality, it is your performance matters. Just ask your boss, <laughs> you know, or ask your spouse, right. You know, I mean, how you act guys is impacts your spouse.
1: Directly related to yeah, your
0: performance, yes. right? And so that is true. But what happens is this is if cause and effect is not powerful enough, to increase your sense, your soul sense of value. This is why God is so critical to mental health. You see, when we're reconciled to God, our foundation for value is set, and that foundation for value, and this is why I love the language of the New Testament. It says, in heaven and here on earth. So where is our value established? In heaven and here on earth, in the spiritual and this material world, this time-space continuum. And it's that value that allows us to live in a cause effect reality, um, and prosper. And also to, uh, be at peace, right? Because. In this cause and effect reality, our per, um, our performance in this reality does not determine our value. God does. So you see why that's so important is that by God establishing our value way upstream, it allows me to live in a cause and effect world, cause and effect relationships, which is true. Okay. And I can succeed and prosper and be at peace and be healthy. Paul alludes to this in Romans chapter 5 verse 10 where he says for if while we were God's enemies we were reconciled to him through the death of his son so how much more having been reconciled uh, shall we be saved through his life and not only is this so but we also boast in God, through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. So notice what he's saying is this is what Jesus saved you for is new life. So now you can live in this cause and effect world. And I can even boast that because I'm reconciled with God, you know, I can now have a healthy relationship with this person. I can have a healthy relationship with my boss. I can have a healthy relationship with my coworkers. The reason why we are so dysfunctional in all of our relationships, why we are so emotionally wrapped up and why um, these emotional traps drive us so much is because we don't understand that our value has been granted upon us, bestowed upon us by God, who, is outside of this space time continuum, the cause and effect reality. And because of that, it's immutable. It doesn't change. God doesn't mm. change. Our value doesn't change. And when we start to figure that out, the downstream of our life, as you said earlier, a vast majority of our problems just go away.
1: Well, thank you so much for giving us this nice boat Bible study today, pastor, I'm really excited to see. Um, how we turn this into application on Thursday. I think mm-hmm. this is just such a unique series. It's one that's causing us to really delve into some emotions and where we're at mentally and, and our, our emotional health and what we should be improving on and where we're finding our value. So I think this is, mm-hmm. we we've been doing some very deep studies lately, pastor. You're causing us to really push ourselves. So <laughs> Hey, fluff ho- is not enough. It's true. So hopefully you guys are having these conversations at home with your spouses, family, friends, whoever it is that you have deep conversations with so that you can be developing your faith and understand where you're at and where you can improve we thank you guys so much for joining us and we'll see you on thursday here on the salty pastor podcast blessings